everybody another edition here of the auburn undercover podcast on the 24 7 sports network my name is nathan king hope everybody is having a good week joined today by a roundtable crew of mark murphy jason caldwell and our fabulous recruiting reporter christian clemente lots to get into today guys um got staff to talk about believe since since our last podcast since since christian and dukes earlier in the week believe there's been one more hire for for auburn um, for Hugh Freeze's staff, but still no, uh, still no coordinators. So we'll talk about that a little bit. Of course, the transfer window has continued to roll. Um, Auburn is now up to ten guys who have entered the portal since Monday. Some of them were expected and previously announced their intentions of doing so. Others were unexpected, not entirely unexpected, based on their their situations. Um, but we'll we'll get to that later. Um, and then we have a little exercise to go through talking about what might be the most important positions for Auburn to address in the transfer portal. So we'll do a true roundtable fashion um, once we get to that. But first of all, so the the staff edition that we have to get to from, I believe, so for recording this on Wednesday night, it was on Tuesday, um, Wes McGriff is coming back to Auburn. Crime Dog will be uh, will be an assistant coach here for his third stint. Um, it, you, know, you look at his – now, nothing has been announced officially by Auburn. In fact, none of these assistants are even official by Auburn. But, uh, you know, you he's – He's obviously going to coach somewhere in the secondary. Um, you look at his Twitter bio, he says uh, it says he's going to be a co-defensive coordinator. Um, it says secondary coach as well. So you wonder what that means for somebody like Zach Etheridge, who at this moment we still believe is going to be retained on this staff. But um, Jason, when you look at Wes McGriff, you know, his his past two stops at Auburn um, coached some pretty good players. Um, obviously has a, has a good knowledge of what the Auburn program is and has recruited pretty well. So, I mean, in, in a lot of different facets, seems like a really solid pickup for Hugh Freeze. Yeah, no, he's got that Freeze is also familiar with. He was a defense coordinator for Freeze at Ole Miss. So he's got kind of the double connection here, but yeah, Crown Dog's a guy that we got to know pretty well uh, over the course of his <clears throat> couple of stints at Auburn, um, still has a house here. So, um, uh, you know, so that's been you know pretty good for him to be able to come back and not have to worry about finding a place to live. Now, hopefully, nobody's renting it at, at the moment, and he didn't have to go somewhere else first. But um, yeah, you know, Crime is a guy that uh, obviously you know is a recruiting guy, but but he's he's done a really good job coaching secondary, and uh, he's versatile enough. He can coach safeties, can coach corners. Yeah, you know, right now, you're right. We just we don't we just don't know really what this thing is going to look like because it, it will depend on maybe who the defense coordinator hire is as to how this thing shakes out as to how the rest of the staff looks and into what positions there's going to be. But you know, crime's a guy that um, obviously is a guy that brings energy uh, and, and some recruiting chops, a guy that you know, can, can recruit pretty much anywhere. And so I think it's going to be um, you know a good addition for Auburn and kind of have to see how, how the rest of the staff comes together. But um you know, this is a guy that has done it and, and done it at a high level at some pretty good places. And one thing I'd like to add about uh, Crime Dog, he really connects well with the players on the team. And I think that's going to be a real plus he'll bring. And, and I agree with Jason. He's a very good recruiter. He's got a good eye for talent. And he knows how to connect with high school coaches, parents, and recruits themselves. So, uh, yeah, to me, this is a very smart hire, guys. If I'm not mistaken, um, any of the DBs that were on the team, he le- he left in 19, right? It was the last time he was here. Coached through the 2019 season, if I'm 
if I'm not mistaken. So there's a couple guys on this team who who were previously coached by him. Um, and so, you know, they'll have an opportunity to get back with their former coach. Um, a couple guys crossed off the list, or at least reportedly from, from the coordinator spots. We're still waiting. Obviously, Hugh Freeze was officially introduced last Tuesday. So we're through his eighth full day as, as Auburn's head coach um, and still waiting for the coordinators to pop on both sides of the ball. Phil Longo from North Carolina was a guy that was rumored to be a candidate there um, on, on the offensive side of the ball. He is going on Luke Fickle's staff at Wisconsin, taking the same job there. And then Charles Kelly, guy who guy who played for played for Pat Dye. He's an, he's an Auburn guy. Um, he's coached at Alabama the past four years, been their safeties coach. Of course, regarded, we've talked about before, regarded as one of the best recruiters, if not the best recruiter in the state of Alabama. Um, he's he's joining primetime. He's going up to, to Colorado. At least that is the report right now. Um, as of tonight on Wednesday evening, Mark, it's been interesting. You know, um, it, it's not it's not completely uncommon to start filling these these staff positions like Hugh Freeze has before the coordinators come into play. As much as some people have um, talked about, it, it's not it's not overly uncommon. But you are getting at a point where if you're Hugh Freeze, where transfer portal still churning, you're getting closer and closer to signing day. I think Christian posted today, you're, you're two weeks away from signing day. And so the sooner you can get those guys in and, and have a better idea of what your staff is going to look like. And like Jason said, it helps the rest of the staff shake out as well. So you've got to think the pressure is starting to mount at least just a little bit for Hugh Freeze um, to get these coordinators in place because it just makes everything else so much easier. You know, if I'm a recruit out there, Nathan, I'm wondering if I'm going to sign with Auburn in the early period, who my uh, coordinator is going to be. And, and that's going to determine what type of defense or what type of offense they're going to run. So particularly if there's going to be a lot of official visits this weekend, it would make sense to get those coordinators hired and announced by Friday at the latest. So that's something to keep an eye on, guys. I'm not sure if they're going to get that accomplished or not, but uh, uh, that would probably make good sense. Yeah, yeah, I think you have a little bit less concern on the offensive side because you know that's Hugh Freeze's that's his area. And I think maybe that's part of the reason it's taken a little while on the offensive side. You know, if you go out and get a guy like Phil Longo, maybe he wants to call his own plays, but Hugh Freeze wants to call plays. So maybe there's a little bit of a mix up there. Or maybe you look at getting a guy like, you know, when Kenny Dillingham was at Auburn, um, he was he was technically the offensive coordinator. That was his position, but he wasn't really the offensive coordinator. So with that spot, I have a little bit less concern just because, you know, guys that come in and visit, they can talk with Hugh about the offense and you'll be good. Defensive coordinator wise though, it's getting maybe just a tiny bit concerning because you'd really like to have someone on staff and here to meet with the kids that are visiting this weekend. So, I mean, we'll see, but. Yeah. And speaking of that offensive side of the ball, someone that is involved currently, um, is a guy, Kent Austin, who's co-offensive coordinator um, with Hugh Freeze at Liberty. They go back a little bit as well. Um, Christian, you made a you made a note on our board this evening. His his name kind of made the rounds here on, on Wednesday, possibly as being a member of this staff. He was somebody we've talked about for a while as right now being off the field. That was something we had previously reported. And you said you talked to somebody this evening or talked to a recruit this evening who confirmed as much that he is an analyst. Right now, that doesn't mean that that couldn't change in the future though with him maybe possibly being a quarterback coach or something, something of the sort. Yeah. He could definitely get elevated into a position. You know, if you strike out on some offensive coordinator candidates and you just don't find a guy that you really like because he has that familiarity, but just talked to Eric Singleton jr. Uh, actually the younger cousin of Darvin Adams. Um, so 
Auburn name there. And uh, he got offered earlier tonight on Wednesday, and he said he's only been talking to uh, Ken Austin since about Sunday, so really only four days or so. But I think Auburn went by his school earlier this week, kind of making the rounds of the Atlanta area, liked him, liked his speed as a slot receiver, and offered him. So you know, he's because the coaching staff positions aren't full yet, he's able to recruit guys. He's able to – I don't know if he's been on the road yet, but he's able to make calls, do all of that stuff. Um, and you know, Joe Bernardi is a guy that has been on the road who was elevated under the previous regime, sticks, uh, probably will move back to an off-the-field spot. But for now, they're using him out on the road. So, And that's the, that's the case right now with Ken Austin as well. Yeah, the other guys who have come in for freeze. Um, you have Jeremy Garrett is taking over the defensive line. Strong pickup there, I think, anyway. You, you slice it. Liberty, number one in the country this season in tackles for loss. Um, number five in in sacks, so it's a pretty been a pretty stout um, defensive front. Another guy coming over from Liberty, Ben Agamawa, um, coach tight ends. Another guy goes all the way back with you, Freeze, all the way back to Lambeth, their time at Lambeth University. Um, he was with them at Arkansas State, off-the-field guy, worked a lot in recruiting at Ole Miss. He's going to coach Auburn's tight ends. As Christian mentioned, these guys are already out on the road. Um, Agamawa's been visiting guys he visited that florida international a tight end transfer that auburn is after we'll get to a little bit of that transfer stuff here in the future um not necessarily any any you know dynamite tight ends for liberty over the past couple years but they've been consistent i believe it's 50 catches and five touchdowns over the past two seasons and just somebody that freeze has familiarity familiarity with um and then jake thornton i, I thought was a really big pickup jason somebody who has helped this old miss offense he's old miss's offensive line coach for the past two seasons, he's going to become one of the youngest assistants, not become, he was already in the SEC. He is one of the youngest assistant coaches in the SEC. I believe he's 31 or 32, um, re- regarded as a good recruiter. And Ole Miss obviously has, has run the heck out of the ball the past two seasons. So that that seemed like a strong pickup as well for Hugh Freeze. Yeah, and you look at it just, you know, kind of being on the field and just my view of things, I didn't feel like Ole Miss's offensive line was a whole lot more talented than, than Almer's offensive line. Um you know, running back wise, I mean, obviously Quinchon Judkins is, you know, maybe the national freshman of the year. Um, they had a couple of good running backs, but I don't know that they were a whole lot different than Auburn's running backs. They they just had a lot more holes to run through in, in that offense, and so offensive line had a lot to do with that. And this young, energetic guy, I've heard really good things about him from a couple of parents that the guys that were recruited by him, uh, you know, maybe the past couple of years, um, a couple of guys that were in the portal and and decided to go elsewhere because of the numbers game sometimes too that said, Hey, they really like this guy. So um, I think it's a good pickup. Um, be interesting to see the dynamics, um, you know, kind of, you know, they were a, a run heavy team at Ole Miss this year, but obviously they're still throwing the football. Um, and we'll see, you know, what happens. Auburn may be run heavy. You know, Hugh Freeze has done some of everything too in his past. And you know, this could be a run heavy team in year number one, depending on, you know, what they do, obviously, if Robbie Asher is your quarterback, you're going to have quarterback run involved. And you could, you know, even if Tank Bisbee, Bigby's not back, you know, you're going to have a, a running game with some strong running backs with Jarquez Hunter and Damari Austin and Jeremiah Cobb. So, um, yeah, I like to pick up uh, a guy that I think is very well regarded, even though he's a guy that's still pretty young in his coaching career. Yeah, speaking of offensive line, um, that was one position where Auburn is going to have to hit pretty hard in the portal. But you look at the guys so far, obviously things opened up on Monday officially. Um, So far, Auburn's got 10 guys who have entered the portal. Four of those guys, we knew about it ahead of time. Um, They had announced either during the season 
or late in the season um, that they were going to enter the portal. You had A.D. Diamond. Um, it's going to be a redshirt sophomore next year. Hadn't seen the field at Auburn, former three-star cornerback. Uh, Xavier Capers, who told us that he plans on coming back and had a good meeting with Hugh Freeze. But at this point, it just makes a lot of sense for you to go ahead and put yourself in the portal um, and, give, and give yourself an opportunity to sort of hear from other programs. Um, who else? Yeah, J.J. Evans officially went to the portal. Obviously a former four-star wide receiver. Um, he had said you know, he had obviously left the team pretty early on in the season. Um, Zach Calzada, the quarterback, he is in the portal for the second time in less than a year. Obviously came over from Texas A&M, never saw the field at Auburn. Things didn't really pan out. Ended up having um, season-ending shoulder surgery midway through the year. And then we just talked about the offensive line. Might be big for a guy like Jake Thornton if he can get Keandre Jones back on board. Keandre Jones wasn't a starter all of last season. Only started one game, but he's basically a pseudo-starter. Him and Cam Stutz went back and forth. At right guard, he appeared in every single game. Veteran guy who was their starter at right guard for two years previously. Um, you know, big, powerful player. And so as you look at this offensive line group moving forward, he's a guy that maybe it'd be nice to to have in the boat there moving forward. And then the other guys, um, that these were the ones that just sort of popped and we didn't know about. Actually, Calzada is one that we didn't know about ahead of time. Uh, Daz Worsham is in the portal. Another guy who's in it for the second time in less than a year. Former Hewitt Trustville receiver came over from Miami. Didn't do a ton. Believe only caught two passes. Emerged one. as a kind of a punt returning guy. Say it. Say that again, Christian. Sorry. I just got one pass. They got one pass. Okay. Well, I'm. I'm. I'm so sorry for giving him extra credit. Um. So he's 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 heading into the portal. Um. Joko Willis, former JUCO guy, guy from Troop County, um, was with Auburn for the past couple seasons. Moved over to the edge position this year. Um, more of a linebacker. Jordan Ingram, also a former in-state guy, running back. Um, guy who didn't touch the ball this season. Um, Brian Harson revealed at one point in the year he actually had season-ending surgery, a season-ending injury in practice. But he was he was he was even below Sean Jackson there on the running back depth chart. It was it's kind of kind of difficult to see if an avenue of future in which he was he was playing at Auburn. Um, and then a couple guys along the D line, a couple really talented defensive linemen. As we're going to get into it later um, about how important it is for Auburn to to get the defensive linemen. I guess that's where I'll start with you, Mark. Um, you know, you, you see Marquise Robinson back in the portal. He was a guy who entered last year, decided to pull out, but his his decision to be in the portal actually kept him out of spring practice. He has now decided to transfer again. And then we knew about Zykevis Walker. He's the 10th one. He entered the portal here on Wednesday. So catch my breath here for a second. Um, but you just look at the overall board for Auburn. Both lines of scrimmage are going to be um, very, very important. But I guess before we get into that, Mark, um, was there any was there anybody on this list as, as you looked at who was who's entered so far that surprised you? Because I it, I look at you know sort of the situations for all these guys that entered the portal, and I think if you had told me ahead of time, hey, this guy's going to transfer, I would say, okay, well, it's not overly surprising considering you know his respective situation at, at his respective position. Yeah, I don't think any real big surprises. Uh, you know, a disappointing one for the uh, new coaching staff is Sakevius Walker, because I really believe he's good. And he's just had a combination of uh, injuries and, uh, and whatever else. I think there was some kind of uh, off the field issue involved too, that have really kept him, you know, from, you know, fulfilling his potential. And uh, I remember when Auburn was recruiting him, boy, this is a guy that already looked like an SEC player and, uh, uh, there's just not a whole lot of uh, bodies right now at the defensive line spots. And, you know, that's a big concern. Uh, you're going to lose Colby Wooden, who uh, 
I thought was one of the better uh, defensive linemen in the SEC. And you know, you could play him inside, you could play him outside. He he was very effective. And a guy who came in as a one-year uh, transfer from Memphis, Morris Joseph. I thought he actually got better the more he got a chance to play out there, Nathan. And uh, you know, he made some really good plays late in the year. Uh, you know, they also got uh, Tabichio Coley, sort of a developmental player, big athletic guy, 6'5", 260, uh, redshirt freshman. He just he played at a low level of high school football, um, private school out in Kansas City. So he, he still got a little way to go. And, of course, to me, the best player up front, they've got to replace him is uh, Derek Hall, um, one of my favorites who's played at Auburn in recent years, a guy who put it on the line all the time. And, you know, just look at it now at the edge position, and which is a huge position in SEC football and college football right now because so many teams are passing the ball. You got Dylan Brooks back, and that is it. Um, he's a redshirt freshman this past year, and he played a little bit, but not a whole lot. Um, he played more late in the season when Iku Leota, um, was injured and, and, and lost for the rest of the season. And to me, and well, that was really damaging to the defense as a whole because I thought he was one, not just one of the best defensive linemen, I thought he was one of the best defensive players on the team and one of the best overall players. And, you know, hopefully things will work out for him. He can stay healthy and get a chance to play in, in the NFL. Um, they got, you know, uh, there's just there's just not a lot of bodies out there. Marcus Harris is back inside, 6'3", 294, junior. And Jason and I were talking about him today. He might be one of the most valuable uh, returning players on the team because there's not much else inside. Uh, you got uh, Jeffrey Emba, um, who played uh, last season a bit, but he was hurt a lot. He's certainly got a lot of potential, but, you know, the kids from France, Hasn't been in the United States a tremendous amount of time. He's got a long way to go. Uh, you got some, you know, other guys out there uh, that, you know, might be able to play if they get a little bit better. Joe Frazier, Jr., a red shirt. Uh, he's a walk-on. Uh, uh, then you got, like, um, Hayden, well, Hayden Bryce is gone, too. Uh, he was a senior, came in and played right at the end of the season and got a sack when they gave him a chance to play and got uh, the sledge kid who played very late in the season. Um, he was a true freshman, 6'2", 315 out of Louisiana, and uh, he played in just one game. You got Garrison Walker, uh, Gary Walker's son, the former NFL player, former Auburn player. He's not bad, but he's a walk-on, 6'1", 290. He'll be a senior. So, you know, Marquise Burks is gone. Jason Jones is back, uh, the transfer from Oregon. He'll, he'll be a junior this coming year. Boy, he looks good, 6'6", 328, but just didn't make a whole lot of plays out there this year. So they, they've, got a, they've got to sign a bunch of guys, whether it's from the transfer portal, whether it's from the high school ranks. And, you know, to me, you need at least three more edge rushers, if not more than that. You need some run stoppers inside. And it'd be nice if you could have sort of a, a hybrid guy like a Colby Wooden who could play strong side defensive end and inside it, uh, a defensive tackle. So, uh, yeah, to me, it's uh, uh, 
code red right now as far as the defensive front goes. I mean, it's an emergency in this recruiting class that they they do something about their situation because they cannot be competitive in the SEC. Can't be competitive against about anybody they play. They don't have a really good haul of uh, talent at all the defensive line positions. Yeah, I think if you're looking at just overall bodies, you know, the offensive line is is going to be one where you're going to need a couple quality guys. But in terms of just numbers, volume, I think defensive line, no question, is is where you in, in the transfer portal, like you said, Mark, whether it's whether it's transfers, whether it's guys at the high school level, you've got to make sure that you just get bodies in there um, because you've only got a handful of scholarship players left at every position along the defensive line. That's that's kind of what we'll close with here. And we wanted to talk about. Um, each of us sort of bringing to the table what we believe could be um, the biggest position of need in the transfer portal, or at least the a few of the biggest positions of need. I, th- I think uh, I think Mark might have taken the top spot there with with the defensive line. Um, but Christian, you were you were given the option between a couple position groups. We'll have an honorable mention here um, as well. But but which group did you pick, and and why is this group going to be important to 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 go after for Hugh Freeze in the portal? Yeah, well, you say picked. I kind of drew the short end of the stick here. You know, you gave uh, Mark the defensive line. You gave Jason the line. You're like, oh, I'll take the quarterback. All right, well, that, that leaves a <laughs> you few are, to work with. You are technically the rookie, so uh, you, but, know, you, get, you still get the short sticks. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, I was told growing up that I could be a good lawyer. So I'm going to make the case for Auburn to go get a wide receiver. Uh, I think Auburn needs a certified wide receiver one on the team. I You haven't really seen that since Seth Williams departed. Um, and Seth Williams, you know, had a – Pretty big impact for Auburn. You saw it in the offense. 29, he had 59 catches for 830 yards and eight touchdowns. 2020, in that shortened year, he still had seven catches for 760 yards and four touchdowns. Yeah, that's where him and Bo Nix had a little bit of a disconnect there, but still put together a pretty solid season. And now Auburn has lacked that. In 2021, it was Kobe Hudson and Shedrick Jackson that led the way. With you know, Kobe had 44 catches, Shedrick had 40. Uh, Kobe had 580 yards and Shedrick had 527, but you didn't feel like either guy was a you know, certified wide receiver one. Kobe would have been a great wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver three, but he wasn't that wide receiver one that, you know, you can throw the ball, the ball to him and you feel confident. You know, the quarterback has a connection with that guy in 2022. I mean, it was even worse where you had Javarius Johnson catch 26 passes for 493 yards to lead the team with three touchdowns. I mean, you just didn't have that guy this year. And I think you have some of those guys that can be good. I think VAR is one of those guys. You know, it felt like, especially towards the end of the year, well, even at the beginning of the year too, Auburn had some great plays drawn up for VAR. He'd catch a big big ball, big touchdown or something, and then all of a sudden it, he was not involved in the offense anymore that game. It was like, uh, okay, not want to get him involved anymore. I think Camden Brown flashed some stuff as well. I think he could be really talented. I've touted him for quite a while now, but – you just don't have that guy that you feel like you can instantly lean on. And, you know, with Xavion Capers and with Daz Worsham in the portal, you've got six guys on scholarship for next year. You have Coy Moore, Jay Fair, Var, Malcolm Johnson Jr., Camden Brown, and Omari Kelly. Plus, you'll be bringing in Dequavius Sori, uh, the four-star wide receiver commit. So you'd have seven. None of those guys stick out as a true, proven wide receiver one. I think Auburn really needs to get one of those guys to elevate the offense next year. You know, this isn't something you desperately need, like defensive line and offensive line. This is a guy that can really take your offense to the next level. So far, we've seen Auburn really go pretty hot after Rara Thomas, uh, the former Ufala player uh, at Mississippi State. 
had a really productive 2022 when he caught 44 passes for uh, 626 yards and seven touchdowns. At the time of recording this, he's here in Auburn. I mean, he'll be visiting on Thursday. Jason reported, you know, initially the plan was for him to visit this weekend. Looks like that got moved up a little bit. Uh, Auburn's competing with, you know, every school in the country pretty much for him. Georgia's offered, Alabama's offered, Tennessee is offered. Everyone is after Rara Thomas. So it'll be interesting to see. We'll get a pretty early look at, you know, what are Hugh Freeze's recruiting chops still like in the SEC? Can he compete with those schools to go out and get go out and get a stud receiver that I think you could pretty well count on as a wide receiver one for next year? So, you know, I don't think wide receiver, like I said, it's it's not a necessity that you get a wide receiver one. You need to go out and get some bodies. You need to go get some players. But I think Auburn really needs a wide receiver one for next year's offense. Give Robbie Ashford a security blanket, I guess would be the way I would put it. He needs a guy that he can throw the ball up to and feel comfortable with. Well, you know, and you look at this past season for Robbie, whether he's the quarterback or whether it's somebody else, Tank Bigsby tied for the team lead in receptions. There's, there's a lot of that guy being your security blanket out of the backfield. I think it, more than likely you're not going to have him next year because he'll probably be in the NFL. Um, still, uh, still an opportunity for him to come back. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's a position that's been lacking for Auburn over the past couple seasons. And, and for a bunch of reasons Christian just touched on, it's not because of lack of talent. It's not because of lack of bodies. They've just kind of struggled to find an, an alpha dog um, out wide. And like you said, VAR is VAR is really, really – We I think everybody here likes VAR a lot, likes Javarius Johnson. Um, it's also worth noting I completely omitted it at the beginning. Um, Chick Dawson, Tavares Dawson, the former four-star um, recruit, he opted not to enter the transfer portal, um, which is what we reported a couple days ago. And he's a guy that has a lot of potential. I mean, you, you talk about the, you know, the top three receivers – um, in the rotation, I think he is a guy who has potential to be one of those we've heard about him the past couple off seasons. I mean, he got hype as a true freshman, got hype last year, didn't really end up contributing in the offense, didn't really end up getting a bunch of playing time, um, ended up leaving the team middle of the year and, and said he was going to enter the portal, and now he's back. So that's one body you get. And obviously, like Christian said, Ra Ra Thomas from Mississippi State is is one of, if not the top receiver um, right now in the portal. So. Good for Auburn to get him on campus. Christian, who else is hosting him this early? Is this his first visit? I think this is his first visit. I think he's got Georgia planned. Uh, I think Jason chime in here, but Georgia is another school I know yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, Alabama too. Okay. Maybe maybe Auburn now and Alabama this weekend. Georgia could be coming up too. Um, yeah, like Christian said, he's going to have pretty much everybody. This is a guy that I remember watching in high school, and, and Jarrell Jarnigan was his position coach in high school. Of course, he played at Troy, played in NFL, has a Super Bowl you know, the head coach that you follow. Um, and, you know, this is a guy that physically has kind of had those tools. And, yeah, as Christian said, he's going to be a guy that that a lot of people covet here in in the coming days and weeks for sure. You know, you follow us, been a town, there's, there's a lot of Auburn people down there. And traditionally, if Auburn really wants a player out of you follow, it's done very well doing, doing it. But Auburn's missed on some players. From you follow, they should have signed in the last 10 years or so. And so I'm not sure the connections is as strong as it once was, but geographically it's not far. It's an hour and 15 minute drive and, uh, and there's a lot of Auburn people in that area. Yeah, I think, I think Shed Jackson is, is he the only guy there for sure missing from that room next season? Uh, outside of the guys that are transferring. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. The guy in terms of exhausting, eligibility um a guy like Coy Moore is interesting as well we'll see how much of a step um 
he can take. And, and so, we do get Landon King back, but I think he'll probably move back to tight end. I think that makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. A, a boost for the passing game nonetheless, but yeah, not in the specific instance at receiver. Um, Jason, you've got the offensive line, which um, as there's you – <laughs> You're 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 missing a lot of guys heading into this offseason, and you look at the combined number of career snaps, career starts, games played, they are losing a ton of experience from the O line. Yeah, you lose a ton of experience. And and you know, the the crazy thing is is that you get actually, I think, four guys back that have started games uh for this team. When you think about Jaleel Urban and Tate Johnson at center, uh Cam Stutz and Jeremiah Wright now. You could, you know, we'll see what Keandre Jones does if he comes back. But did that, you'd have, I mean, you'd have five guys that have actually started football games. And I think in terms of the center of the line of scrimmage, be okay. You know, you'd like to probably add a couple of guys there that that could push your playing time, try to improve in some areas. The problem's at offensive tackle. It's been the problem we've talked about for years. It's really the reason why, you know, three years ago they went out and got Killian Zaire and Brendan Coffey from the junior college ranks because they had those issues already. They haven't recruited those guys. Colby Smith is the only true offensive tackle on the entire roster. He played a handful of snaps against Western Kentucky. That's it. Um, you don't have anybody else on this team that's that's really ever taken a meaningful snap other than those guys in the middle. Um, that's a huge blow when you think about it. Hey, the only other guys left that, that we haven't mentioned are Garner Langlow, Avery Jernigan, and E.J. Harris. That's the extent of Auburn's offensive lines. You're talking about eight total guys uh, right now. You're so you start thinking about what's what you got to have. You got to have a minimum, I think, a minimum of three offensive tackles out of the portal, or guys that can play offensive tackle. Because you got to have two guys that can play and another guy with experience. Because Colby Smith just hasn't played, and you just don't know right now if he's a guy that's capable. I mean, you look and you know based on what we didn't see him this past year, you think there's still some work to be done for a guy like that developmental guy, as Mark has, has talked about on the other side of the ball. So I think you look and my guess would be three to five guys um, from the transfer portal alone on the offensive line, probably try to sign four more. So you're talking about eight or nine offensive linemen in this class. I, I think they have to go that deep. Um, no, There's no other way around it. Um, and, you know, Mark talking about the defensive line, I think you're probably eight to nine guys on the defensive line. I think between portal and, and signing class, you're 17 to 19 guys on the line of scrimmage alone in this, in, in, in between now and next year. I think it's, I think it's a must. And, you know, I think you look at the offensive line and it's obviously, um, portal heavy, but I think junior college heavy potentially as well. Auburn's offered a couple of junior college offensive tackles. Physically, those guys should be a little bit further along um, when you start talking about them versus a high school guy. Obviously, transfer portal, you think about, you know, there's there's some names out there. The problem is, you know, we've talked about, you know, the, the, some positions of need. Christian and wide receivers probably and quarterback – it's probably easier to find wide receivers and quarterbacks than it is maybe anything. I mean, there's a ton of quarterbacks that have played and experience. The two hardest spots to find are going to be offensive tackle, defensive line. Those are going to be the two most difficult spots to find because everybody's looking for those guys and you can never have enough of them. And so people think you just snap your fingers and go, well, you got NIL money. 
and you got these things, it's going to be difficult. It's going to be really hard to, to feel those needs. And so I think, I think there is a, there's a path in recruiting right now. And I think that path is DJ Chester. We saw LSU this year play true freshman offensive tackles. DJ Chester is a guy that Auburn has, has recruited. He was back, you know, the end of the season for a couple of games. He committed to LSU. LSU started two true freshman offensive tackles this year. If you're DJ Chester, probably not going to LSU and jumping in 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 the you know right there. He's the guy that has the athleticism and, and talent and size to potentially be a true freshman starter for this team right now. So that's a guy that that from a recruiting standpoint is is you know hugely important for them. But it's still going to be really transfer portal heavy, um, junior college those kind of things and. It's gonna be a lot of them. They don't have any other way around it. They've got to they got to bring in a big group of offensive linemen. Uh, you have two commitments right now from the high school ranks, and Braden Joyner and, and Clay Wheaton. Um, got to have a lot more. And uh, there's you know that's the charge now for this you know for this staff, this offensive staff. They know it. They've looked at the roster. Um, they know what's ahead of them. And this may be the year where you may have to take three or four guys that are developmental guys on the offensive line from the high school ranks is what they should have been doing the last three or four years. And they haven't done. That's what you, that's what puts you in this position now. Yeah. This is going to be the cycle. Get yourself through year one, get yourself through this massive off season turnover along the line of scrimmage as best you can. And then like Jason said, do your best to plant those seeds for recruiting um, because they, I mean, they still have not really turned around the offensive line recruiting as of a few years ago. I mean, I know, I know they just, just talked about it. Joiner and Whedon are coming into this class, but you know, and Whedon's a good Whedon's a good prospect of a four star in the composite. Um, Want to start getting more of those guys as you're moving forward, um, but it is going to kind of be that that band aid for right now. But like Jason said, if you get some developmental type players, um, bring them in here. Just see what you can do, see what you can patch up in this first year and then develop those guys with a good offensive line coach like like Jake Thornton and, and see if you can fix that up for the future. You had you had nine transfers in Brian Harson's first year, ten transfers last year. Seems like at every position you could about you could about double that number heading into heading into this year when you combine um everything else. I, I think quarterback is a really important position for them to get just one guy that you can feel solid about adding adding depth to the room and having an opportunity if it doesn't work out with Robbie Ashford because I'm I'm on the Robbie Ashford train in Hugh Freeze's offense. I think he could be a great player. Um, I think Hugh Freeze is certainly the right kind of coach who could unlock some of his abilities. And look, Robbie Ashford played through a ton this past season, not only the injuries that he revealed in the Iron Bowl that he's pretty much had head to toe throughout the season, but the offensive line play Christian just mentioned all of the issues at receiver. Um, of course the coaching change doesn't help you change play callers, you change it here offense toward the end of the season. So, and, and, and to top things off, he wasn't even supposed to be the starter at the beginning of the year. So, you know, a lot of things were working against Robbie Ashford that, that led to him having the lowest completion percentage for an Auburn starting QB since Gabe gross in the, uh, in the late nineties, a lot of things contributed to that. I think most people would agree. He didn't get a chance to show what he can fully do. Um, for for a lot of those factors, um, and I think he can excel under Hugh Freeze. But if he struggles and he ends up not being your guy, because you probably can't replicate this performance next year. If you're saying, "Hey, I'm you know, if I'm Hugh Freeze, I'm taking the quarterback position 
to another level. I understand that's what's hindered Auburn over the past few seasons. Most people would look at Auburn and say they've been a quarterback away um, in, in a few of the past few seasons. If you replicate this exact performance again, um, it's probably not going to fly. And so I just don't know if they're ready to turn to Holden Garner yet. I like Holden Garner a lot. I think he's a good passer. And, you know, and TJ Finley, technically still on the roster. Um, I just don't know if either of those guys, you can turn to them if it doesn't work out. I think Robbie will certainly go into the spring as the starting QB. He'll certainly get those first team reps. Um, but I think it's very, very important for them to get one one quarterback. You don't, I don't think you need more than one, just because Calzada left as well. One quarterback that you feel like, all right, here's somebody we can turn to if it doesn't work out with Robbie. Or, like Jason mentioned before we started rolling, um, you know, these aren't your guys. If you're Hugh Freeze, you could go get a guy you like and say, you're going to get every opportunity to be the starter. That could that could certainly be a possibility. And so, um, you know, depending on, I think, what, what his vision is for that room, it's going to depend on the kind of guy that he goes after. There's, like Jason mentioned, there's a ton of quarterbacks. I was, I was scouring over that um, before we started. A ton of QBs in the portal. If you wanted to get a guy that you felt like had immediate starting capabilities, a guy like a Jeff Sims, who I think is a really fun player at Georgia Tech, you wouldn't have to ask him to go very far from where he was. Um, Mike Wright at Vanderbilt, that's an SEC starter for for some of the season. Um, also a guy who wouldn't have to go super far. He's a, he's a Florida guy. Um, heck, somebody like JT Daniels is in the portal. Um, once again, maybe he gets an opportunity. Um, I know Auburn was was interested in him in the past, at least out of high school, and I believe when he was transferring from from Georgia as well, um, they were also intrigued there. But you know, there's a lot of options of guys that you could just get a, as being depth pieces. We we're talking before we started a Will Crowder um, out of out of Gardendale. He's uh, he's transferring from from West Virginia. Maybe he's a guy who would be interested in want, and want to come home. Um, I, I like a guy like a Tyler Macon from Missouri. Didn't end up winning their starting quarterback job. Um, but big, strong athlete who was who was in the running there at Missouri. And so um, it's really just kind of throwing darts for all of us. I mean, at these position groups, like we've learned in the past in the portal, there's a million guys and it's going to be bigger than ever. And so, you know, things will start to develop over time and we'll figure out what Auburn's transfer board looks like. But it's fun to speculate here in the first few days. But I, I feel very strongly that they I mean, it's not a hot take that they need a quarterback, um, but I think you need somebody that you feel confident could be the guy if it doesn't work out with Robbie Ashford. And then after that, moving forward, you Hugh freeze is going to, is going to do a good job recruiting that position moving forward. You can, you can lean more on the recruiting trail. Um, honorable mention. I think linebacker is, is one that we can all agree. They're going to need somebody. Um, we haven't even mentioned it. The guy who's the guys who declared for the draft so far this week. Um, well, Mark did Derek call and Colby wooden along the defensive line. No surprises there. Those are, those are mid round draft picks. Owen Papo is also turning pro after four years at Auburn. Um, accomplished a bunch. It's hard to have a two-time captain, so that's a guy you're going to miss on and off the field. But, you know, I, I think they need uh, – Wesley Steiner and Cam Riley took some strides this year, but I think you need to look for one guy that can maybe complement those two um, in the linebacking core. Maybe, and you can, you can maybe swing pretty big with that. You can, you can tell, you know, one of the top linebackers in the portal, hey – if you come here and you, and you do the right things, um, you're going to have an opportunity to start because a guy like Papo, you know, three or four year starter, is uh, is out of the mix. So, me personally, I think I think linebacker. I think those are probably linebacker, receiver, quarterback, and then both of the both of the lines of scrimmage, probably your biggest uh, your biggest areas of emphasis. O- only more than half the roster, you know. That's that's all. That's all you have to do to make sure this team is in uh, is in good position for next season. So, 
I guess that's pretty much it. I I, I went on a bit of a went on a bit of a tangent there at the uh, at the end. I don't know if anybody has necessarily any parting thoughts on the uh, on the portal and what we've seen so far here at the in the first few days. But I mean, it should it should continue to should continue to churn. I would imagine by the end of the week, Auburn will have a few more guys in there. Um, wouldn't yeah? Be and I think I think something else too. I think um, as FCS teams get through the playoffs. I think we're going to have some additions from some of those guys that people are saying, Hey, we'd like to see against maybe the next level competition. I think there'll be some additions there. Um, it's it, yeah. I don't think it's going to slow down any and it's just, it's just a crazy time. Um, you got a Hugh freeze and trying to finish off a staff, trying to recruit, trying to evaluate the portal trying to recruit the portal. You got to, I mean, these guys, they're, they're getting visits and, and in-home visits for some of those guys too. It, it's, it's an overwhelming time, no matter when you make a coaching change. Um, it is extremely overwhelming to have it done right now in the month of December. And I don't know what the answer is, but it feels like right now that, that the early signing period, the way with this portal period has been put together is getting swallowed up and and I don't know you know what's going to happen with it but I feel like that they got to figure out some way to to not have all this stuff happen at one time uh, but again we're counting on the NCA to do something about that and them making correct decisions is is not always at the top of the list or at least the top of their list can you imagine how crazy it would be for the new staff if Auburn was going to a bowl game and you'd have to figure out Who's playing in the bowl? Who's, you know, who wants to leave and go to the NFL? Who's healthy enough to play in the bowl? Because there's certainly some guys that have gotten a lot of wear and tear and were injured late in the season. And who's going to coach the guys? Because yeah. you know they they released a lot of the coaches. And well, uh, yeah, like Louisville Purdue right now. Those those kind of teams that make a bowl game, coaching changes, um, everything you're trying to do. And, you know, not as many teams have as maybe as much to replace on the lines of scrimmage as Auburn and maybe don't have, you know, like some teams, they may go to the portal to get better. Auburn has to go to the portal. I mean, it, this is not a situation where we're going, hey, look, we're trying to upgrade. Auburn don't have any choice. It's not upgrade. It's survival. I mean, they got to go to survive, and, and that's a much different scenario. Unless you want to have open tryouts in spring practice from the general student body. I don't know that that's going to help you a whole lot. <laughs> I'm not on a lot of scrimmage anyway. I know, but uh, you get, at least you'll have enough bodies to get through a season, maybe. But you're going to get pounded. Hey, man, tell that tell that to Malik Dunbar. He was uh, who who was at one point in the at the football facility a few years ago, putting on the putting on the pads and the gloves. You never know. Um, yeah, I mean it. It would be even worse if they had to be preparing for a bowl right now, which, as we understand, they were. They had a lot of players who were interested in doing it, and then, but that that was also before the mass staff changes happened. I, I wonder what the interest would have been because they were up there because they had the high APR. Um, they're one of the five and seven teams. I think I don't know who clinched it to to, to keep Auburn out of. It. I think it was Buffalo that was the one that that finally pushed them out and uh, and guaranteed they weren't going to be in it. But yeah, you're talking about the added craziness. If it was you know the Gasparilla Bowl down in Tampa two days for Christmas one day after signing day I that would have been <laughs> that would have been pretty tough for uh it would have been pretty tough for everybody involved so uh maybe it's for the best for everybody that 
we're all just we're all just hanging out at home. That's not I mean, we, that's something we didn't talk about. Auburn misses a bowl game for the first time since 2012. Seems like a sort of an afterthought considering everything that's happened over the past uh, over the past month. But uh, you know, when you look at their history, they'll be they'll be right back. I'd be I'd be surprised if they if they did that again next year. And so, um, well, I think think we'll wrap that up, you guys. I think we'll think we'll call that an episode pushing about 45 minutes right now. So um, appreciate everybody tuning in. This was a bit of an extensive roundtable, but I hope everybody enjoyed it. There will be a lot to cover, I think, in the near future um, uh, within the next 48 hours. Like Mark said, yeah, before your visits, I mean, this weekend, it, you got to try to have those coordinators in. Um, but that's what we've been saying for the past week. We've been saying, well, it's any day now. They're going to make sure you know they, they get those guys in there. Um, and so, of course, you know, we'll have reaction to whomever gets named coordinator and the staff has to fill out. There'll be a couple more assistant spots on the field for them to fill out as well, even when they do, then they do pin down the coordinators. And so we'll have the reaction to that. Um, and then Auburn basketball is back in action on Saturday in Atlanta against Memphis. We'll podcast after that game as well. So appreciate everybody tuning in. If you enjoyed it, please go leave us a five star review. That's the number one thing that helps us out. Go leave us a review. Um Say nice things about us if you if you please. The bumper music is by Beats by Mordecai. You guys can follow him Twitter, SoundCloud, and Instagram. Until the next episode, we'll catch you guys later. Everybody enjoy the rest of the week. Talk to y'all soon.